Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Captive Audience, a podcast where we force feed the movies we love to the people we love. Welcome to the premiere episode of our new show. We are so glad you found us. Uh, and since it's the first episode, here's a little overview of what this show is. It's basically a podcast about that moment where you bring up a movie you love and someone you're with says they've never actually seen that and you wish you could just sit them down right there in that moment and force them to watch it. Uh, there are many types of this kind of movie that we'll cover on the show. It could be a serious gap in a classic movie resume, the kind where you'd say, you haven't seen this? Uh, it could be exposure therapy where someone has to watch a genre or type of movie they normally would hate, and we try and change their minds and see if they liked it. Or it could just be an obscure movie that you love and you wish everyone could see. My name is Alex Ward. With me today are my two great friends and co-hosts, Sean Roney and Edwin Janes. On this episode, I am making Edwin watch Love Actually for the first time, uh, while Sean has not seen it in a very long time and remembers hating it. Uh, Tis the holiday season as we launch the show, so what better kickoff is there than this cheese-dipped cinnamon stick of a movie it's basically a film version of the gift wrapping job that Rowan Atkinson does uh, for Alan Rickman's character at the department store. It's undeniably a modern Christmas classic, uh, albeit a divisive one, and a time capsule of the best and worst of the early aughts. This movie has been in my family since I was in high school and college, and for as poorly as it's aged, I still cannot resist its charms. I have great memories of watching this with my mom and dad uh, around the holiday season, which goes a long way in fondly remembering a movie that is basically about the ways that love uh, surrounds us and changes us and can have many forms. Uh, but as you'll hear in this episode, uh, maybe that's up for debate. So sit down, strap in, and let's fire up Love Actually from 2003. This holiday season... Join this unforgettable filmmaking team. Welcome, Prime Minister. This is Natalie. Hello, David. I mean, sir. 20 years ago, you'd have been just his time. <laughs> As they explore that time of year, when desires are revealed. I'm in love. Aren't you bit young to be in love? No. Um, okay. Secrets are exposed. Your secretary is very pretty. Mister. Be careful, then. And chances are finally taken. All I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> Universal Pictures invites you. What's the best sex you've ever had? Britney Spears. No, I ain't kidding. <laughs> she was rubbish. To take everything you know about love. You have this kind of problem? Yeah, of course you did, you saucy mings. And multiply it by eight. 
Would you excuse me for one second? Okay, that's done. This will be Hugh Grant, Liam Neeson, Colin Firth, Laura Linney, Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman, Rowan Atkinson, Kira Knightley. Christmas is the time to be with the people you love. Yeah, I need a car. This holiday season. Does Natalie live here? All you need. Oh. Hello. Is love actually? Are you seeing carols? I suppose I could. Lisa, please. Good King Winceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen. When the snow lay round about, deep and crisp and even. Gentlemen. Do you feel it in your fingers or do you feel it in your toes? <laughs> Welcome to Captive Audience. You two, uh, we just Hi. we just finished Love Actually and uh, it's Christmas time. The air smells like spice ciders. It's a great time of the year to watch Love Actually. Uh, Edwin, Christmas movie barely about Christmas. A, a, <laughs> a, a, rom, a Christmas rom-com, an R-rated Christmas rom-com, uh, kind of movie that probably never gets made today. Edwin, what'd you think? Uh, first time. I have so many thoughts about this movie. <laughs> so many. Uh, I want to know what you guys think and what your experience with this movie was. Did you see it when it came out in theaters? What is your perception? No, I, I just your... asked you what you thought about it. Well, he's not okay. ready to share yet. He's not, not ready, ready to okay. share. Yeah. Maybe right. that's it. Right. He needs more ready. of a buffer. Alex, Alex, remind us why you picked this movie. I know I know you probably just told everybody why you you picked. Sure. This. Remind uh, us. I okay, number 1, uh, as as we're launching this show at Christmas time, there's a lot of Christmas movies to choose from, but I think this one is probably the most divisive, the most lightning rod, the most interesting to talk about. So I also like my mom loves this movie. I don't know if she still does, but she did. Mm -hmm. And the DVD of Love Actually was a mainstay um, around the Ward family household. Uh, it's twenty years old. It's twentieth twentieth anniversary of this movie. Mm -hmm. So through high school into college, it was it it sort of crept in as like I watched it every Christmas, mm -hmm. and you know, mid to late aughts, this kind of movie was celebrated. <laughs> uh, these massive ensemble cast movie were just the rage at the time. I mean, I yeah. guess for Christmas movies, they still are. And I think uh, this was the first of that wave. Yeah. My family had a really good time with this movie. Not because it was like we genuinely loved it. Although I do really, really like parts of this movie. But as I said in my in my intro to this, like this movie is cheesecake wrapped in brie, stuffed in more cheese and delivered in a big bread bowl while also kind of being raunchy, while also kind of being problematic. Uh, and yet, I can't help myself but but serve a big cheesy slice every Christmas and I and just kind of indulge in every insanity that this movie is. That That's why I picked it. Sean, do you want to give your thoughts or should I? Well, I think I feel a little more comfortable giving my thoughts, but maybe you should go first. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll give my thoughts. Uh, as, as a fan of romantic comedies, as a fan of Christmas movies... Um, I can't stand this movie and <laughs> it is fascinating to me um, that it is so popular uh, 
And so I really enjoy watching it and trying to break down what could possibly be holding up this movie's popularity. Uh, I think it's uh, such a bizarre movie. It is not like grounded in reality. And some of the storylines are kind of dystopian almost to me. And it breaks. (laughs) It breaks. So it's a Christmas rom And I mean, just not to not to, just on top of that, too. It it's so problematic. It has in terms of like, ah, that well, that didn't age well. It, they're all over the place. The, the, those moments are throughout yes. the movie. But I will say that I think rewatching it this time and doing some research, I think that the movie is held up by a few iconic scenes. And one of those is Emma Thompson uh, after she receives the Joni Mitchell album and goes to make the bet. Okay, so let's let's hold on that scene because that that's like that is the point of the movie for me. I think we'll we'll get to that one later. Uh, But keeping with initial reactions, Edwin, first time viewing. Uh, Yeah, I mean, well, well, let me ask you this, because there's one thing I'm curious. So, I mean, Alex, you mentioned you watched it in around the time it came out. Sean, when did you first watch this movie? I think I watched it like in uh, like in college, so maybe you know mm-hmm. uh, that would a been, few years after its release. Yeah, tw- twenty twelve. This movie came like out that. like my freshman year in high school, or sophomore year in high school, yeah. or something. So like, this movie was was in my lane at the time. You like to write declarations of love on big cue cards and show them. <laughs> you did do that a lot. That's where you got that idea. I listened mm-hmm. to the Shins. You know, I I liked love. <laughs> is this? Is, are we talking about Garden State? Or are we talking about a? Uh, <laughs> 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 Double feature of this with Garden State. Oh, Not a bad idea, to be honest. Uh, um, anyway, I guess. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I know I keep deferring my my thoughts, but Sean, <laughs> is your? And again, I'm just curious. Did you react? Was this always the way you felt about this movie, or did it change as time went on, or when, like once you watched it again later on? Yeah, I think it's it's only grown since the first time I watched it. The first time I watched it, I was like, I, like it had been hyped up so much. This was such a popular mm-hmm. movie, and not only like was it just popular. Like I mean, I was just watching a TikTok where I saw Timothy Chalamet say, "Oh, it's the best Christmas movie ever." Like this is uh, this is how people feel about it. So I, I was st- stunned <laughs> that that that's how people felt. But up, upon this rewatch, I noticed even more things that are just like bare bones, like just not good love stories. Not good Christmas stories, but disagree. Hard disagree. Hard disagree. You're gonna have to come through me, Sean, because I'm one of those people. And I got I, for all the cheesiness I said, for all the problems with this movie, at the at the smallest, gooeyest core, there is a genuinely heartwarming quality to this movie that I really actually love. Like it makes me feel good. This movie makes me feel good, <laughs> even though it's insane. And I agree. With so much of what you said, Sean, but like, I when it came out, I was like, "This movie is." There's some really funny moments. Uh, I, I, the whole entire cast is just dynamite, top to bottom, and and I think there's incredible love stories, and I think there's really bad ones too. But there's some really, really amazing ones. I have to point out that you said I actually love it. So your flip is actually less <laughs> yes. on you. this movie. And Thank you, look, Edwin. the reason that I have deferred my thoughts so much is because I, I wanted to make sure that, look, I this movie is insane. It's a ridiculous <laughs> movie. And, yeah, it is. and it I is. and I didn't want to come out like and 
this is kind of how I feel about movie conversations with friends in general. I don't want to come out really negative about something somebody really, might really like. And I will say I'm really happy that you are standing by the fact that you really liked it when you first saw it, that there are bits and pieces of it that you still love. Like, I think that's really important because I don't think if we, the three of us came on and yes. just kind of, you know, talked about problems with the movie, like that's the best thing we could do with yeah. it. Like you got to engage with it a little bit. Dude, yeah. When you're a 16 year old high schooler mm-hmm. and you're just in love with everybody and you're <laughs> horny and you don't know what's going on, this movie is for I mean, you. <laughs> I will say I wanted to like this movie a lot more than I ended up li- liking it. Um, there are a lot of moments where I, where like this, because of the nature of this movie, where it's all these little stories that are intercut together. There yeah. are a lot of times when the scenes would cut or change and I would find myself saying into my screen, What? a lot and and there were a You're lot of wrong. times where and and i'll tell you what in the second half of the movie there were a lot more moments where i actually laughed and i thought it was pretty funny like there are moments where the humor landed a lot better yeah. um like i liked when he was uh when hugh grant is uh going door to door i thought that scene was pretty funny like yeah. you know he has to sing the christmas carol like there are bits mm-hmm. and pieces of it that are funny and are charming in a way um but there are a lot of storylines that don't really make any sense like they don't make sense at the beginning they don't make sense in the end in the middle they don't make sense at the end so and then if i if i could be honest i actually really laughed when at the end of the movie it changed from all the resolution of these insane stories to people greeting their loved ones at the airport again. I thought that was a really harsh transition. Brings like it, it didn't, all it full circle. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. it's a bookend. That's it ends at the starts and ends at the airport. And uh, I mean, but it felt like it was yeah. at the end of a different book. <laughs> yeah, but they're just greeting each other at the at the at the airport at the end, and then it just transitions into uh, what is actually real footage of people. Those are not actors. Uh, they went to Heathrow and just filmed that and they did people did not know they were being filmed and then they would go ask permission afterwards if they could use it so everything you see that's not actor that the cast everything you see is real those are all genuine reactions people at the airport and I, I I'm cool. first thing I wrote down in my notes is I'm a total sucker for those at the beginning <laughs> like I watched those and that's the kind of stuff that makes me cry uh so I I like this movie starts and, I, and my heart already opens a little bit. And so I'm like, I'm ready to forgive a lot of things. Uh, this this is, this is almost the, this is the challenge is that at the end, when they show that, that actually looks like people embracing loved ones. And then what we were shown just previous is like, <laughs> here's the prime minister who's at the same airport for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then here's <laughs> just walking off the plane. Here's, um, yep. here's the, the, the brother and the sister in my, like, or, or sorry, I'm confusing. Here's, here's Kira Knightley in her story. And the best mm-hmm. friend is just there for some reason, mm-hmm. you know, and here comes Colin back from his sex trip to the United States. Like Milwaukee. this does not, <laughs> it doesn't fit with <laughs> the actual greetings of loved ones of real people. Like, it felt like it went to such a fantastical place mm. that like it doesn't it doesn't connect for me, you know? Yeah. Guys, this is a Christmas rom com. <laughs> okay. I like this is gonna turn Look, into Alex. I, I'm no, gonna keep yeah. saying this is a dumb good. Christmas rom com that's <laughs> just meant to make you feel good. And if you wanna look at it with those lenses, be my guest, but you will be an unhappy <laughs> Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> I I went into this movie with like really wanting like wanting to with very very open minded like I did yeah. not have any sort of perception of it and yeah. yeah that's just my my initial reaction but we can dive into to more uh more bits and pieces of it for sure maybe um maybe this is a point where we can kind of sketch out the movie and the framework for yeah. for everything I I think to do that let's go through let's just go through these stories 
one sure. by one. Yeah. Kind of almost in order of appearance, we'll say. Okay. Um, well, wait, maybe maybe even before that, do you want to talk about like this movie came out in 2003 and who was Yeah, like, sure. I'll like, say, uh, maybe, sure. maybe let's set some context. Yeah. The year was 2003, November 14th. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this movie uh, uh, was written and directed by Richard Curtis who uh, was kind of popular uh, by this point for making four weddings and a funeral mm-hmm. uh, and for Notting Hill and wrote Bridget, Bridget Jones, Bridget Jones diary. diary. Yeah. Correct. Um, it was uh, at, when it came out, this was a star studded cast. So it's not like, right. you know, these people became famous later or because of the movie. It as, was as, as it's, he's Hugh Grant's guy. It's like, it's like, right. it's Scorsese and DiCaprio and it's Richard <laughs> Curtis yes. and yeah. Hugh Grant. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's Wes Anderson and Bill Murray, uh, and everybody else. Um, it's, uh, it was made for $40 million and at the box office, it made $248 million. So a wow. success, Cleaned great up. success. Um, that's just the box office. That's just the box office. Um, in terms of awards, it really is only notable uh, that uh, Bill Nighy and Emma Thompson took home several uh, supporting actor actress awards um, from I Bill think Nighy they each got four. Yeah, BAFTAs and 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 other things. It, no no recognition at the Oscars or anything <laughs> like that. I gotta um, say, quick, I knew it was on Netflix. And but I didn't want to like click on my remote search for love action. I was like, if I just start scrolling, I'll, it'll be there. It's December on Netflix, mm-hmm. and it was under the award winners. And I was like, I don't think this won any awards. It, no way. Yeah. It, Can I tell you what the category was for me? What? Sentimental European comedies. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's IP address is in Europe. <laughs> it's very, very hey, wait, wait. Sorry, Bill Nighy plays Jamie. No, he's, he's the, the rock star, Billy. Ah, okay, he's he's Bill. Okay, he's. He, I mean, and to be fair, like him and Emma Thompson, they are like the runaway. Right. Like they jump off this movie of like those two, absolutely deliver the best performances. And if you don't, Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman's wife, who yeah, yeah. gets the Joni Mitchell album. Um, uh, it won an Empire Award for best best British film, but that oh, dude, I watch the Empire Awards every year. <laughs> love it. Um. So, uh, yeah. And then uh, and then finally, today on Rotten Tomatoes, this movie has a 64 percent critical Oof. review, 72 Oof. audience percent review. Oof. So um, 64 te- feels fresh. like it, got, it gets a lot of 99s. Yeah. And a lot of 20s. <laughs> technically <laughs> fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Which that is this movie right yeah. there. It's like, I love this movie. I hate it. And that's that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, I think it, like a lot of those reviews too, I was just kind of perusing, but a lot of them were like, you know, just look past all the problems with it and you'll have a great time. <laughs> like the, that's a lot of, right. a lot right. of the good reviews say that, but uh, a lot, which is a lot of movies. But like you said, Sean, you said, so this movie came out 2003 and this movie right at the top reminds you of that too. Like 9-11 is referenced in the opening voiceover yeah, by Hugh Grant. Two years after. As we see. <laughs> it's only two years later. Yeah. All, as we see footage of loved ones, and he's like, you know, they made those calls, and it wasn't messages of hate. And I was like, well, yeah, dude. Like, you're bringing up calls from United 93 right now? Like, whoa. <laughs> but, like, it's still very much this post-9-11 world. And, you know, this is this is an English movie this is a very 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 english movie right uh, this is a very english movie. yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and i think we need to remind ourselves of that throughout this discussion but it's 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 
it's just worth noting that like the the magnitude of 9-11 is even mentioned in this british movie two years later that like it's still on our minds and we're going to be at the airport so let's talk about it um anyway this move and this movie healed 9-11 so props <laughs> to it talk about award winners really incredible yeah. any other notable numbers sean <laughs> no no that's it that's it for okay. me yeah all right all right the, the, them's the stats so Jumping in here, let's get into the, these different stories. Um, let's start right at the top with uh, with Billy, who plays what's what's the full name there? It's uh, uh, Billy Mac. Billy Mac. Billy mm-hmm. Mac. Great. He's sort of playing this, you know, McTaggart, like yeah, yeah, former classic rock star um, who has who has aged, and like I think this is probably a top two, top three story in this movie. Probably the best one. And it's it's also the one that is set aside from kind of the web of every other in- interconnected story in this movie, right? There's a way you can look at this movie where it's like, you know, white Christmas, white people at Christmas version of Crash or like Babel. Where like yeah. Everyone's connected. <laughs> Whoa. Magnolia. Uh, but, but what's great about Billy Mack and his manager <laughs> is they're just this soundtrack in the background of this entire uh movie right we see that we see occasionally we see the music videos happening uh we see him recording it at the start and so right away it just puts this earworm in your head that's so bad and like look the end of the first scene bill nye he almost looks in the camera and says this is solid gold shit it's like (laughs) that's what this movie is this movie looks you in the eye and is like this movie is solid gold shit and you're going to like it. And that song is this movie. Um, that's a great opening scene. Just starts with a needle drop after the sentimental airport opening. And then we get a, a great rule of three gag right off the top with him singing love is all around us. And then finally Christmas is all around us. And it's awful. And he's physically almost retching as he's doing this song and they all know it. And it's, it's, it's like, yep, it's Christmas. We have to do this. And no one likes it. Yeah, this song really bothers me. There's something about it. <laughs> it is really funny. The way he hits him singing it is I so feel funny. It in my fingers. It's just like, <laughs> like just the way like, he's squatting with his yeah, arm like, while sitting so on funny. a stool. It's <laughs> yeah. so funny. Yeah. You know, it's funny throughout this storyline. I kept and maybe maybe I kept thinking to myself. Man, they really just keep giving him screen time, huh? Like, <laughs> it isn't really alluded to that the song is that successful for any sort of reason, and it seems like everything he says will be caused to sabotage or undermine it. Yeah, and it isn't yeah. until it isn't until like, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of the radio show where where the, it's it's seen as kind of charming or or uh, endearing mm-hmm. or funny in a, in a way like to people. It, it isn't until the airport when all the air uh, like the staff all turn and look up at the TV screen. They all start like enjoying it or laughing it or appreciating how silly it is or how raunchy it is. Um, that it actually kind of, it's like, oh, okay, people appreciate this and it's going to number one. So um, yeah. it, it was just a funny thing to, to, to observe. Yeah. I think, I think that there's something really important with the Bill Nighy story. Like I, I think what is kind of implied that isn't really explicitly said or shown is that, People are keeping up with his promo tour for this for this song, 
And at all those right. interviews, he's no nonsense. He just says it like it is. This song fucking sucks. And Christmas is blah. <laughs> and like, I'm going to whip my dick out. <laughs> and like, that's his whole vibe. And everyone's like, oh, how refreshing. You know, Christmas, you know, that's really, you know, like, and I right. think the radio it, host is like, wow, a real answer. Yeah, for sure. And like, and, um, you know, the, the whole, in a way, love actually is also that way, right? Like love actually also is like, you know, it's not your typical Christmas movie. We got sex and we got, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> infidelity and like, you know, uh, people are swearing, you know, um, I think I think that is and, so I think there's the, something I'm here for directly. Shoddy Mac dude. I'm gonna I'm request here for Shoddy the British, Mac. The British voice is killing me. Infidelity. Move the cock out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean like I think that there's something directly related to the, you know a, a, the movie. So anyways, I I think that the the song being successful is like is people responding more to him the 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 rock star and yeah. his sort of attitude about christmas and 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 all that so yeah well it, i mean it kind of dovetails with the whole like christmas is the time to tell people how you like embracing the it's christmas we have to blah 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 you know like mm-hmm. the way that all the love stories do and it makes sense that they put him up the only like competitor he has is this boy band called blue which we never hear the song and we just see the poster and it just looks like this like very very like uh yeah like fresh off the assembly line kind of boy band i mean what um, is that like oasis or something like that maybe yeah like it could be uh, anyone well, yeah, i think that's yeah. the point is that it yeah. could be any insert boy band blue. here and yeah. yeah and that his his song that he's like a real artist or he has character or that there's like something like christmasy about it that uh that I think is supposed to like win the day, you know. Part of why people probably start buying it or listening to it is because he trashes it every at every chance he gets, to the point where you're like, "Well, I got I got to hear this song because he yeah. hate, this guy mm-hmm. is actively working against his own Christmas single, and, <laughs> and he he keeps falling upwards. It's incredible, and like there, there's just every scene, every scene with Billy and Joe is just funny. It's fun. It's kind of at the heart of the movie in some ways or not the heart, but it's like the message of the movie is like, Hey, just go with it. It's Christmas. You'll get through it. And, uh, well, and make some money, you know, but well, maybe, maybe I can, I can voice this here. So this is kind of where when watching the movie, I didn't really know where the stories were going to go. Like at the end, when he comes back from Elton John's party, it's just about friendship. Right. I don't know. It, it did. Like I remember watching it, being like, "Are they going? Are they going to fall in love now?" Like it kind of <laughs> felt that way. Yeah. Like I didn't feel like the movie led me very well sometimes with these storylines and these endings. And then in the end, they say, "Let's get pissed and watch porn." You know, it's very strange. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, just, it's, a, it's just a written joke. <laughs> not, I know. It's just, not like but, I'd like to watch porn with you, Joe. <laughs> yeah. The, but no, it, it just like I didn't know what the I don't know maybe yeah, it was yeah. no 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 poorly, I, like, I, I think that's yeah. valid I think that's valid because there's another yeah. the, I, I was gonna say <clears throat> that one of one of my issues with this movie is and, and kind of in the way that it's the, the the whole formula behind the movie is that it has a it has a 
a quantity over quality issue, right? Because because you got to cram in nine stories, you don't get enough. Like I, like right before that scene with like the scene before that with Bill Nighy and and his manager, and he, I don't know, maybe he's dancing on the piano or something because they won. They got the best single. Um, I was like, I don't remember where this storyline goes, and it's not a love story. Like it's all, it's always, it's supposed to, like the whole movie's marketed as nine love stories. So I was like, I don't remember where this ends. And then so, love story. Well, so, but just to say that I'd seen the movie and I didn't remember like mm. where that was going because it just doesn't give you enough of. Oh, Bill, what are you doing tonight? Like, I'd I'd love to get a drink with you. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, there was there was no like setup for like they're having problems as friends. They spend all their time together. Like, they seem to be good, but like, you know what I mean? Like, well, there is like this reversal of he keeps saying, "Well, otherwise, I'm just going to spend Christmas with my fat manager getting drunk, or like with yeah, the right, fattest right. manager in the world." Right? He keeps kind right. of disparaging him, <laughs> and at the yeah. end, there is like kind of a nice thing to be like, "You need to be with the people that matter to you, and you're the person that's been with me all this time." But I just mean like he even says to him, "You're the love of my life," and mm-hmm. it's like it's fine if it's a story about friendship. It's fine if they love each other. I just didn't know. Which one right. was which until the, the very last line, you yeah. know? I genuinely yeah. was like, do they kiss? Like, I don't remember how this ends. Right. Like, I didn't, I <laughs> yeah. don't, I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I totally forgot that this was like, they were like, you know, they're in love with each other and they're, and they're gay. And it was like, oh no, they're not. <laughs> like, but mm-hmm. which is, which, which, like, I like the inclusion of a friendship story. Um, but I agree. I just agree that with Edwin that it was like, there wasn't, Enough. It was just like strangely paced a little bit. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I, I look at the movie as like it. It's 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 a story about every possible type of love, and theirs is is is, is lo- a friendship love. That's it. It's just like you're my guy. I love you. You're my best friend. And like, no matter what, I could go to this party, but what I'm looking for is is with you and a bottle of of booze. You know. Um, yeah, I feel like most of these stories are about lust. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is this is there's a lot of there's a lot of like that. A lot most of, lust. of them. Yeah. Yeah. There is there's like erotic love. There's stalking love. There's like cryptic, yeah. there's a lot of this of movie love. is like love is less disguised as love is how it felt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I actually learned I learned a new word in in preparing for this movie, which yes. is limerence. You familiar with that? Limerence? A, a state of involuntary obsession with another person. Okay. So <laughs> this movie should be called Actually Limerence. <laughs> uh, because... Oh, dude, I you, love popping in. Actually, dude, Limerence actually is all limerence. around us. <laughs> uh yeah, because so much of it is, is when right, you get something people... on your arms and you have to rinse it off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so many of these storylines are people barely knowing someone, creating yeah. an identity for them in their mind, and then being like, they're perfect. They're my person. Like, I will stop at nothing to have them. And, you know, that's not that's not right to do that (laughs) like that and or it's not actually love and it's not going to end well in reality for most of them but i mean you have people like 
um, you know, I mean, I think one of the the best, well, I think the two best examples of this are Colin Firth falling in love with a woman he can't talk to, and then, uh, which you get like it's like so he has to entirely make her personality in in his mind, and then that's it might be it might be best to like talk about that storyline. Yeah, as it's I, I think right now. I agree, agreed. Because okay. there, there's some larger themes, but we're going to talk about every, every. I think like through these stories, I think we'll we'll get okay. there. Because okay. I agree with you on, mm-hmm. I agree with you on Jamie and Aurelia's story. Um, because <laughs> to zoom out again, this whole movie's five weeks, and then there's the one month after at the yeah. very end shot. But this whole movie happens in five weeks, so you know, Martin all the Freeman and that girl are shooting that porn for five weeks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's correct. Sorry. <laughs> um, this was so okay. I watched this with Anne. Uh. And we, we, I guess, <laughs> let's just touch on that story real quick since you mentioned it, because it's a very small one. It's probably the smallest. There's only a few scenes. Probably that one and Colin with, with the American girls mm-hmm. are the two mm-hmm. stories that are just kind of, they feel like if you're going to cut a few, you could probably get rid of those. Yeah. Um, but that one with, okay, like yeah, that's an interesting Colin type with I, the, this I, is I like, feel so stupid that I didn't, oh, sorry, that I didn't even recognize him. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Martin Freeman. Oh, Martin Colin Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Colin, Colin Firth. No, Colin yeah. Firth. Yeah. I mean, Martin Freeman, too. Uh, another, like, ton of boobs in this movie. A lot of nudity. There's a lot of nudity. This I mean, it is, is a very such... R-rated movie, which is an interesting choice for this kind of movie. Uh, the, this is very much for adults. This is not a family movie. This is not a kid's movie. This is a mm-hmm. Christmas rom-com for adults. And, like, <laughs> there are a stand-in. So, Martin Freeman, and I'm uh, forgetting the actress's name. Um, oh, it's, well, John and Judy are their character names. Sure. Are they, is it just for porn or is this just like nude scenes, love scenes in other movies? It seems like they were stand-ins in, in for film, not a porn. It was like, it seemed like they I were standing in as a sex scene. I thought it was. That's what I thought too. Like how, the amount of production going on and sets, like, is that happening for a, for, for porn in 2003? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this. <sighs> Cause Anne, the- uh, watching it with Anne, she was like, that's definitely porn. I was like, I feel like they're just stand-ins for some erotic scenes in I mean, they're liter- regular movies. I mean, they're doing every position though. I mean, there's lit- yeah, there's a blowjob position. That's there's that's like a true. you know, there's like a sitting on the face position. It's a bit much uh, for like a regular movie, unless they're doing a live action version of Team America. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's the, a good point. Yeah, the it's played for humor. It's played for humor, but like. Totally. I don't like I'm okay. I'm not. Yeah, I get that it's all played for humor, but there is something that was one of my storylines that are like, this is like set in an alternate reality where low level workers are forced to like use their bodies at work uh, in a a sexual way is like kind of like really dark and weird. (laughs) We are looking at this movie in two completely different ways. I was like, oh, it's a comedy. Well, that's funny. Uh and uh, <laughs> this is the thing, though, is like, then there's moments that are just like hit hard for me where they're great, where like, where they have that first kiss on the stoop, mm-hmm. the way Martin Freeman jumps off the steps and totally. is like, he's like, oh, and he walks away. It was like, dude, I've had, when you get that first kiss with like someone you are really crushing on and you and, like, you have that first kiss and you're driving away from their house or walking away. Like, I have done that. And we were just like, you're just like, yes, yes, 
yes, yes. And it's like this overwhelming feeling of just like yeah. total joy. And like it's captured so well in that moment um, for, for all the I mean, those the are the, those are the, those are the best moments throughout the movies when, when yeah. that, those moments like kind of happen in other things. Um, but yeah, the only other thing yeah. I would mention is that Martin Freeman does mention he was a stand in for Brad Pitt in seven years in Tibet. Oh, there mm. you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. His a famous yeah, they're point. definitely yeah. the same height. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. All right, let's yeah, move let's on. That's <laughs> let's move on from yeah, the last person you want to use to frame Brad Pitt would be Martin Freeman. Uh, <laughs> all right, moving moving on here. We got nine stories to get to. Um, let's talk about Juliet, Peter, and Mark. This is the wed couple that is wed with Andrew Lincoln. Uh, in a prequel to The Walking Dead, I'm assuming. Same character. Uh, <laughs> Rick Grimes. <laughs> uh, Rick Grimes is got a camcorder, and he's creeping. And it starts with their wedding. Um, quick point of information. Anne said that Keira Knightley was 17 when this was filmed. That's right. 18 when it came out. So let's just tuck. We'll just, just note that. We'll just We're just going to okay. tuck that on the <laughs> shelf right now. Um, <laughs> This one is a weird. This love is story. the worst one. This is the worst <laughs> the one. Worst. I agree. This one. Worst one and sucks. second most iconic scene in the movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Probably the most memed scene in this movie. And yeah. the by far the worst sweater in this movie. Uh, being <laughs> here uh, by Mark. So, so Juliet Market Wedding. Jeez, Juliet and Peter get married. Mark is the best man. And we're to understand that. Mark and Juliet have never gotten along. They've never been warm to each other, never like each other. Okay, that's the first giant red flag here because yeah. <laughs> the guy with the camcorder is hopelessly, desperately in love with this woman who he's mean to. Like, that is the most grade school shit I've ever heard. Um, and then <laughs> this, like, this best friendship between Peter and Mark feels weird, and it ends with this cue card scene i mean where do you guys want to go with this story uh i mean we'll start with like the only things we know about mark are in the wedding when they're leading up to the wedding it's revealed that mark got a bunch of brazilian prostitutes for the stag party and then that they all you know turned out to be men so it's like like kind of a like a homophobic joke also which is great um but like uh, so like, I don't, I like how that's like one of the first tidbits of information we learn about him is that he hired a bunch of prostitutes for this, for this stag party, kind of against his buddies, like, like wishes, like he wasn't happy about it. Um, so he's not a great guy out the gate. Uh, I, I think also, I don't know if this is like really ever addressed is Mark actually the artist for the art in the gallery. Is he making the gigantic murals of nipples with Santa hats on them? Is that the idea? I don't, I don't believe know. so. There's just like there's just nothing likable. If about you this go, guy. <laughs> so if you go to the Love Actually on their Wikipedia page, they have a they have a graph of like the web of relationships between everybody, mm -hmm. and it's it's ah. separated out on romantic, friendship, professional, family, and other. I don't know what other is. There's only one or two others um but Mar mark is basically just a f i guess friends with mia who's 
Harry's secretary, the Black Widow character, which we'll get to, and then um, and then is obsessed with with Juliet right. and friends with Peter. I mean, I think it's interesting that like the his the that opening joke or that line that you refer to, Sean, like is like no more surprises, no more surprises, <laughs> and then you know it leads into this storyline. I mean, that's the thing about this particular storyline is it feels like we know nothing about any of them. The no. like the three yeah. characters, you know, no. yeah, mm-hmm. no. I mean, no. and then uh, at the at the wedding, there's the woman who I you know it's um Laura Linney, Laura Linney, isn't it? Who is like mm-hmm. you're in love with him, aren't you? Right. And right. he says no. So um, that's kind of a bait and switch. And, like maybe he's gay. Yeah. I thought that would have been a more effective story. Totally. <laughs> oh my God. Oh 100%. my God. Yes. Uh, 100% would have been better. Yeah. Because the, the, then later. Oh yeah. Go ahead. No, no. You go. Well, I mean, I'm just taking us through the, I'm just tracing the arc, but basically she calls and she asks about the video because uh, she looks bad in all the video. So he keeps denying that it exists. And so he goes, she goes over to his art studio, immediately finds the video. Um, and then <laughs> is watching labeled, it. Labeled like <laughs> Juliet and Peter's wedding video. <laughs> yeah. And then I thought, well, first of all, I thought it was hilarious that like this, that the video that she, she watches is so tightly edited. And then he goes, could you use a bit of editing? <laughs> uh, but then, but like she's, she's there and she says, uh, they're all of me, but you never talk to me. Yeah. And so, yeah. I know that there's the line where he says it's a bit of a self-preservation thing. And then he like runs away. He has to get to a lunch and right. he says, you can let yourself out. Yeah. It's just like, I think she should, she should just get out of there as soon as she sees. Oh the yes. Well, yeah, it's it, the thing is Edwin, it's so flattering because this <laughs> beautiful, put, yeah. beautiful woman has never had any attention in her life, apparently. And it's so <laughs> flattered. <laughs> if you just put different music in that scene while he's standing behind her like this while she watches, just, yeah, it would be terrifying the way she turns around and looks at him, and he's just like. So I guess well, they never okay. I guess he was actually concerned during during filming. He was like, "I just like, don't you think that it'll come off as like a little creepy, a little stalkerish?" Yeah, like he yep. actually was asking the director, yep. Rich, Richard Curtis, that, and he's, like, "I don't know, it's fine." No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I love this character that you slip into. (laughs) Don't don't even worry about it. But you know what else really made me laugh? Okay, so he runs away, right? He gets out of the door and he starts pacing around. He's like, oh, he's like, favorite. My favorite scene in this entire movie is the turtle. I I I wrote down in all caps, turtleneck emo freak out. Oh. (laughs) I love when he's walking down the path and he like bumps into that that guy who's like an extra and the guy's like, whoa, what is the meaning of this? I thought that was so funny and so unnecessary. Like there are a lot of moments in this movie where there is an unnecessary extra who draws a lot of attention. Uh, I'm very excited to point out those other moments. Watch, go watch season one of The Walking Dead. There's some scenes where like people die in Andrew Lincoln's arms and it's not, he doesn't dial it up as high as he does in this scene. Like, ah! <laughs> like well, he's in that sweater out in public, basically just like, I, I'm so troubled. Oh. Uh, I love well, it. Probably, okay. probably the best scene and, in the movie. Well, and then I, I think the next scene is, is at the house when he shows up and this is the iconic scene, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I couldn't believe this was the iconic scene. I kind of couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, there's Isn't no crazy. 
it comes out of nowhere, kind of. Like, I mean, you, you would expect the buildup to be a little bit, like, yeah, better. But it's like, no. It's just that they the movie acknowledges that they don't know each other. He never talks to her. Yeah. To me, you are perfect. Even though we, it seems like we've never had a conversation. It's uh, once again somebody is idealizing someone, creating a fantasy in their own mind, and then falling right. in love with that, and then. Um, and then she kisses him on the lips. He's rewarded. Yeah. What was that? And then at the airport, he's just there for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's such a bizarre story. <laughs> like, okay. I'll, benefit of the doubt, it's like, okay, sh- she sees him and is like, I'm going to give him one kiss. And I think if I give him that, he's he's done. Like, he's he's good. But insane thinking. Don't do that. Um, also, appeasement. The kiss happens, Famously and he's successful. like, "Yeah," and then he's like, "Moving on." Gonna move, like he says it to himself, walking away. So that happens. So how many months? How many weeks after Christmas is her body discovered in a dumpster, and he's arrested? What, <laughs> two months, three months. I'd say it happens on whatever this trip they're going on is, <laughs> yeah. you know. And then he can escape, you know, Wait to a different country, out of the country. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, this has been I, talked about a lot, but like, boy, lucky break for him that she answers the door without him, or not just he, he goes down, which is probably what would have happened. Lucky mm. break that or Mark that he, has that... no interest in carolers. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, one quick, one little change is, oh, carolers, I'll be right there. Oh, I love carolers. <laughs> or, or carolers apparently with backing musicians on his stereo. Yeah, I was going to say, he can't discern the difference between a few real people and a boombox playing a track on a CD. Yeah. Um, yeah. SNL. Did I love do the a... bass and drums from these carolers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, uh, SNL did a wonderful and awesome spoof of this, uh, called Hillary okay. actually, uh, with Kate McKinnon playing <laughs> Hillary Clinton going door to door with cue cards. It's, it's fantastic. I remember um, that. Yeah, that was good. But I would love to see this scene again. If just, if uh, Peter comes down and it's like, oh, Mark. And he's like, what? What are the cards? It's like, uh, is, ah, let me see. Is Juliet here? <laughs> Can you go away? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's anyway. like, well, <laughs> I would love it if he just has to give the presentation to Mark. <laughs> well, this I love is you, buddy. Meant for, meant for Juliet, but here, here goes. With meant for meant for you, of course. Yeah. <laughs> to me, you're perfect. Yeah. <laughs> It would have been better that way if it was like, "Hey, man, I listen. I'm gay, and I, this is hard for me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you to her. See you, dude. That would have been way better. By the way, there was there was one story of of same sex love here that was cut because, of course, that's right. Uh, Richard Curtis has said he really really regrets doing that, but um, yeah. but there was one of the I believe the headmaster of one of the kids' schools. There's a story with her falling in love with um. Like, one of their parents or someone who no, works it's, at the school. It, she's like she's the headmaster, and at one point she's talking about her partner, and then she goes home, and her partner oh, is a right. woman, I think, or that's something right. like that. And there's terminal illness yeah. mixed in. I think there was another storyline with someone in a wheelchair. Another storyline with um, two African American characters. Hmm. But uh, so all the ones that really would have helped this movie. <laughs> all the ones that would have helped yeah, the right. diversity okay. of cool. this movie cool, cool, uh, cool. got cut. <laughs> Ah, uh, two thousand three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, yeah. uh, let's leave. Um, let's leave. One. Let's can we bury Juliet, Peter, and Mark, and then 
just build something over the grave. Sure, but, gladly. Uh, <laughs> also, all you need is love thing at the church. Boo! No, don't do that. Don't do that to your friend getting married. It's mm-hmm. mean. It's it's all about you now. Just don't do that. Mm-hmm. I thought all that right. guy singing was going to be an important character. They focused on nope. him so much, and then nope. <laughs> nope. yeah. Anyway, um, let's move on to Jamie and Aurelia. That's the next one we get. This is, of course, Colin yep. Firth playing a writer. Um, who is shown to be in an extremely loving relationship, only to discover that uh, his girlfriend is sleeping with his brother. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> hate very that. bad way to find out. Uh, yeah. Hearing her saying, "I want you at least twice before Jamie's big, back. hey, so, big boy, yeah, poof, tough stuff." Uh, Jamie then goes to his French cottage. You know, we all we all have a. We all have the French cottage we can we can retreat to when we're emotionally devastated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where he meets this housekeeper named Aurelia. Uh, they do not speak common language and yet become attracted to each other. Now, how much of this is, oh, my girlfriend just slept with my brother and I would like to be with someone else to forget this. Um, that's probably the driving force here behind Jamie um, as they're able to somehow fall in love without talking. Yeah, it it seems like I mean, well, one, she cleans up the house around him while he's in it all the time, <laughs> and um, like that scene where the phone he's rings. just living like a slob, um, and <laughs> yeah, and then also like it seems like the way that he's supposed to be charming to her is that he's like so comically speaks the right. wrong language and makes mistakes and does these things, but that seems to be charming driver. the audience way. Yeah. But it charms the audience more than it charms her, right? Charms her, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't seem like she has any reason to until later when she literally says a lot of uh, one one thing that I found with this movie is it tells a lot instead of showing, but where she's like, I will miss <laughs> yes, your bad driving and your clumsy typing, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, but then it seems like there's that scene where she jumps in the water and the camera focuses really tight on her while she does that. Didn't need. And then she, need he jumps that. in the water as well. Yeah. Didn't and need the strip just, scene. There's that. There's also the conversation where they're supposed to be kind of talking past each other and saying the same things, but like it gets really blurry because it seems like at certain times they're just literally talking to each other. Yeah. This is also the first of a couple, a few uh, stories where an older male boss falls in love with his younger, like assistant servant, um, which is weird. And also... (laughs) Uh, which like I don't know if we're talking about like oh they're all such different love stories it's like well this one's kind of in there three times and um, yeah look I know I know too I know I, who imagine the secretary that worked for Richard Curtis at this time just being like oh boy uh, Richard <laughs> <laughs> she, and she and she says to the chief of staff can I be distrib- redistributed <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, no and like and just to your point that, that just pointing out the the strip the the strip scene before she jumps in the lake i think like I, look i know people are, who are, are are love this movie are listening to this and they're they're gonna hate me so much by yeah the this I, thing. yeah but but that's fine um i just want to mention the male gaze Hate, which, which is like a like a feminist theory about literature and, and art which is like women kind of being represented as as objects and they're just kind of exist through the heterosexual male perspective and this movie you could teach that entire theory with just Mm -hmm. with just this movie as as Mm -hmm. like 
your right. your here's resource. ten different types of that male gaze because I'm just, like there's so many like like you like you said it earlier like there's like a lot of topless women in this movie. I think the only like reverse you get of that is um Carl Laura Linney's dude who she hooks up with mm-hmm. who takes off his shirt and he's got an incredible six pack and stuff like that. But like the otherwise... enigmatic lead designer, I thought that was so funny. <laughs> yeah, <I> know. <laughs> um, you know how you're in love with Carl, our enigmatic lead designer. <laughs> yeah. Well, he knows. And so do we, <laughs> I think that's the most inappropriate conversation. That's the biggest HR violation in this movie is, well, is that conversation. Yes. And yeah, then again, we'll, we'll get to it again. This is very much like, you know, for the for the nude scene stand-ins, and then they get to the kiss scene, and it's great. Like, it's another iconic scene is when he goes to, you know, her family's or t- to her workplace again. Well, mm-hmm. she's a, she's a server at her, yeah, at her job, yeah. at her job, uh, with a crowd of people that have followed, decided to follow him, and mm-hmm. and proposed to her in broken Portuguese, and she responds in broken English. It's another one of the iconic scenes of this movie. Um, played for, I think, played very well for for laughs in that like yeah. the the subtitles the way he says it the way we've all tried to learn a language and you realize like well you're you're not wrong in how you're saying that but no one would ever say that uh it yeah. does a very very precise good job of of portraying that um and that that scene is fun that scene makes you feel good but again you get but then right before that you get the dad fat shaming his daughter there's a lot of fat shaming in this movie there's a lot of that by in the this way movie, yeah don't didn't need that but um, I, I I did appreciate the broken English scene. Um, There's one other thing I want to point out from this storyline that really, really made me laugh. I talked about extras being really distracting. There is a scene, okay, when he drops her off for like for the last time, and mm-hmm. he's like, it's my favorite part of the day, you know? And so he drops her off, and she walks away down this long path. <laughs> and next to her is this kid kicking a soccer ball into a chain link fence. And it is so loud. It's so distracting. <laughs> it does not need to be there. It's just, it, really, it was so funny. Why, like, why is that in the background? Like, at least if you could have kids running around, like just have them run around in circles. Like it's not like the repeated kicking of a soccer ball into the wall. It was so funny. The loudest sound yeah. too. It's yeah. Type of love. <laughs> you know, he, he loves, I love, yeah. I love football. Yeah. I love football. That one. Um, mm-hmm. Let's move on to since we mentioned it. Let's talk about Sarah and Carl, um, and mm. and Michael, the brother. Now this this is a right. This the same as all the rest, and totally different than the rest at the same time. In that you have this other sort of long simmering infatuation or this love where they've worked together for over two years, mm-hmm. and, and again. I don't buy it that it would take two years for them to ever do anything about this. That's a crazy amount of time to be working in close proximity with someone that you both clearly are interested in each other. And it takes your boss pulling you into his office and being like, for the love of God, will you ask this guy out? Will you go do something with this guy? Huge HR violation again. Uh, Alan Rickman. I know that you love him. (laughs) He knows that you love him. You better do something about it. Goodbye. Um, Mm Mm-hmm crazy stuff and then casually work in that you want to have sex and have lots of babies it's like what just, just... <laughs> yes, why did you get to take it there like <laughs> 2003 rom-com i'm gonna leave that there uh uh carl's the creative director at this at this agency design firm I, i'm guessing a, mm-hmm. it's kind of marketing or branding agency sort of what it seems like mm-hmm. uh 
Carl is is comically ripped, handsome, beautiful yeah. hair. I mean, it's it's insane. This guy's insane. <laughs> and uh, Sarah's just trying to get her hands on him. Um, yeah. And it, it works out eventually. But it's, this is a... I think outside of of Harry, Karen, and Mia, which is the which is Emma Thompson, I think this is one of the more interesting kind of tension, interesting relationships that they explore mm-hmm. in this movie, which is this love of family versus love of like yourself and love of what you want. Um, and I wrote down, I mean, having having a family member like that who. And like this has happened in in my family, like we have some family members who can be like this that will call or need things from you. And like I've watched my mom deal with this for my entire life with her brother. Of like, there he has no one but me. I'm the only one left who will love him in that way. And when he calls me on Christmas Eve, like I'm picking that phone up. Um, to much to the dismay sometimes of whatever is happening at the time. And in this, in this case, it's like when that call happens and you start to, you start to zoom out, you're like, why is she so weird? You learn about the family. I mean, the, the reveal of that is I thought it was uh, f- for all the faults it has. It is, it is compelling in terms of like w- the place that Laura Lenny's character is put in here of like what you want versus what, what is being asked of you, what is needed of you. Uh, yeah. It's a very, very difficult place to be. And like all that said, you find out this this brother is in a care is like in a facility <laughs> with attendants. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Can facility staff. Can, can we can we not let this guy call his sister 30 times a day? Can, <laughs> can we can we. The, and and tries to hit her. I mean, what are we doing here? I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah Laura Linney yeah. have some hot sex with Carl. Like, yeah, I want to see it. I want to watch that scene play out, please. I think okay, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. This is one of this is one of the the setup for all of this is one of is definitely one of the more interesting love stories. And I think like it, you know, it kind of it actually does kind of work maybe as a real love story. Um, and it's one that I wish. You know, they, they give a little more time to maybe Laura Linney right. learns about boundaries and, you know, is yeah. able to figure out how to make something work where, you know, she's only going to answer the phone from, you know, during this time of the day and right. she'll always answer. But after that, she can't, you know, something like that. Um, it just felt and I know it, it, partly, too, because they got to just pack all these stories in like he's just got to, like, do something powerful right away. It just felt like. It was definitely like Edwin was saying a moment where you're just like, what? <laughs> like, like, yeah, Laura, I, I will say I definitely had that that feeling when he that she took the first phone call when they're right about to hook up. I really liked I really liked when she says, can you give me a second? And she goes to just the other side of the door and freaks out for a second, comes back. She's like, OK, like, yeah. I like that. And I also thought it was really funny that when she goes upstairs and says, can you come upstairs in about 10 seconds? Maybe I maybe this is the type of home that is familiar. I was like, oh, she just lives in a place that like it was like the camera just zooms out and it happens it, to capture everything. Like it was very, I, I, very funny the way that like, I was like, that looks like a real yeah. house. <laughs> yeah. Dude, and that is such maybe, a, maybe it does for, for some people, but it was just no, such a man, strange I, set. Yeah, that had to be a set, and it did. It felt like are we we're in a dollhouse all of a sudden? What's going on? Like, yeah, like, the, all, it definitely it's, it feels like, like I'm that. watching Hereditary I, suddenly. Or they cut the front half I of the think... house off so you can just watch them walk upstairs <laughs> yeah. into the bedroom. Yeah, 
I think that story would have been more effective if she had had one of those mysterious phone calls earlier in the plot and we didn't know who it was because she always calls him darling, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And right. like, and, and then it turns out like it's her brother who has all these needs. I also don't think you needed the scene where he tried to hit her. I think you could have just had the scene where they hold each other and that would have like told the story. You know, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, I think it but, didn't yeah. have to be physical even. Right. He could have just started spewing some like hate at her or something, you know, so, like just like it didn't. It, right. it, it was just very strange. Like the big backhanded, like, you know, wind up was mm-hmm. just like. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it strange. But, yeah. I agree. And it's another it's like so close. Like, again, if you cut two or three of these other stories, can we get a little more time with this? Because I. It, it yeah. was I think it was probably the most fertile ground for some compelling storytelling was that story. Mm-hmm. And it was just felt choked. Yeah. Out. And also I mean, like the things that yeah, like the things that you mentioned, having to like like this family love, this family obligation yeah. kind of thing could have been a really interesting counterpoint to the rest of the stuff in this movie. But I don't feel like it really got there. <laughs> yeah, I think and uh, during when the calls while they're hooking up and goes like, I'm sorry, if that is in your house, you are not picking up that phone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was really funny. Every cell phone in this movie has a really loud ring and everyone has to answer it immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's 2003, man. Getting a call Ooh. on your cell phone was exciting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was not realistic. I thought every cell phone in 2003, the ringtone was for Elise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. On my singular phone. Yeah, I, I yeah, I just anyway, I, 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 I did actually like that story. But again, the execution of it was just like, ah, it just yeah. just kind of missed. It's, but it's it, it, not it's not if you're supposed to be like, oh, that's cute. We thought it was a love story where she was going to get to be with the man that she loves. But instead, you know, she chooses family love. It's like, OK, but it's not a happy ending. She is literally yeah. saying, like, fine, I'll never get happiness. I'll never get to be with anyone because I have to dedicate yeah. all my time to my brother who may one very one day just murder me um, is very sad and again like is. this is another one of the 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 uh storylines for me that i'm like this is very dark there's i mean that's one of two stories i think that has a sad ending you know yeah. and i'm glad that they included those though i'm glad that it doesn't have a good ending because that's this is if it's a movie about love there better be some stories about when it doesn't work out because that is that is a like definitely what happens more often than not right um mm. Okay, uh, let's move on from that one because we got a bunch. Um, yeah, let's go to uh, let's go to David and Natalie. This is Hugh Grant. This is the Prime Minister, probably <laughs> yeah, one of the, the Prime Minister, one of the marquee, right? One of the marquee stories uh, in mm-hmm. this in this movie in terms of like your headliners on your movie poster on your on your marquee. It's going to be Hugh Grant, right? This is this is a big one. Um, who is who is a new recently elected prime minister uh we can assume he's maybe i don't know exactly when uk elections are i if they're around the time us ones is he's he's been president or he's been prime minister for like a month at this time even though uh in the us he would have taken office in january never mind that (laughs) um but within this first month he is meeting his staff at 10 downing street which is the uk white house and meets natalie who is a new staff member brand Mm -hmm. new Who's got, she swears like like your character, Sean. Just a, just a dirty sailor mouth <laughs> swearing in front of the prime minister right away. But it's quite charming to David. I, mean, I think for David, who's this who's this somehow a aggressively handsome bachelor who's become prime minister, um, 
is is quite smitten with her right away. Not, I don't know if it's love at first sight, but he right away recognizes that this is a bad thing that he is crushing on a staff member. Um, so you probably like that, Sean. Moment. At least he <laughs> acknowledges it. He well, you know what he says. You know what he says. Well, that's inconvenient. Yeah. At the first interaction, that's one of those moments where like the movie tells and doesn't show. It's just like, well, that's yes. inconvenient. You know, yes. yes, and it makes uh, it seem like, and it makes it seem like he's been through this before. Yeah, yeah, and he knows how to yeah. deal with it, which is to dance his feelings away. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just, I will tell you, the highlight of that movie was that song. I thought that song was a jam, dude. It's a bop, man. I, I, I started, yeah. I always start head bopping to that one. Um, and he, mm-hmm. Hugh Grant has said in interviews too that he absolutely hated doing that scene. He did not want to do it. It was like 8 a.m. when they filmed it, and he had to do this dance, and he was just like, this this sucks. He's like, this movie sucks, um, and I don't want to do this. But again, another, if you're watching a, sh- a shortcut of this movie, or like the highlights, that scene is 100% in it. He's like, can't I film another scene where I stumble over my words? <laughs> Please, I, I do love- I, Very much like to dance. What does he say? He's like, like she's like, how do you feel? He's like, I feel very- very cool, very powerful. Like, it's like, yeah, like, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's just like, like I thought he was gonna like wake up the next day and be like, I can't believe I'm the prime minister of the United Kingdom. He doesn't seem, he doesn't seem to have. A, he I'm doesn't seem minister. to have a very. Uh, he doesn't seem to have much of like a pre- like a poli- like he doesn't. Ex- it seems like he didn't expect to be there. You no, know, like no, you campaigned for this. <laughs> he has a ton of charm, but. Doesn't seem like a ton of charisma. I mean, there's a difference between those two, right? Whereas like charm, if you're mm-hmm. a very charming person, you make people feel good, right? And that's why people like you. If you're charismatic, like you make people want to follow you and be around you. Uh, and, and he definitely has more of the former, not the latter. Um, but it was plenty of the latter is uh, the U.S. president played by Billy Bob. Thornton. <laughs> was, and, I thought that character was so funny. <laughs> U.S. president. <laughs> and it's like, again... Let us remind you, this is a British ass movie. Here is their totally. look at the yeah. depictions of Americans in this movie. It's Billy Bob Thornton as like this George W. Bush, Bill Clinton sleazy mashup, and then you have the girls in Milwaukee, right? Our girls, like, yeah. Those are like <laughs> the two types of Americans you get in this movie, and then and, Joanna. Yes. Oh, and Joanna, the right? Kid, yeah. The boys crush and Laura Lenny. Oh, Laura Lenny, of course. Okay, right. um, fine. For me, like one of the big issues with this storyline too is like the way that they treat that like uh, her Natalie. Uh, this is one of the biggest offenders of like the fat shaming in this movie, uh, which yeah, is kind yeah. of like unbelievable that they're fat shaming this character actress because it, it's mentioned a couple of times that she's chubby, that she has a f- huge like thighs. You know, his her dad calls her plumpy. Um, and even when he picks her up at the airport at the end, or she jumps into his arms, he says, "Gosh, you weigh a lot." Did he really say that? <sighs> yeah. Did you just make that up? <laughs> no. <laughs> he says that. It's. Uh, I watched the movie with subtitles, so like I want like you, so I could you know try to catch every line, and that's what he says after I she saw it all. Yeah. Yep. You're kidding me. Yep. Okay. With Billy Bob, you you get the um, <laughs> you get the press conference scene, which is just crazy. Yeah. It's like. It's it's like the Fourth of July for Britain, where it's just like, yeah, UK, <laughs> like, fuck, fuck America. Uh, I kind of enjoyed it. It was just sort of it's it's it was fun 
Again, watching him almost stumble over his words, you know, like David Beckham's right foot, David Beckham's left foot. (laughs) I was laughing at the press and he becomes this hero. By the way, good political move uh, by David there just in his first month to just like show some backbone. Good job uh, Mm -hmm. from from this creep. But he the whole thing is presented like he sees Natalie in the press conference and he's like from, you know, taking what taking whatever they want and he's clearly talking about Natalie and it's like, Oh, you're making geopolitical decisions based on your office crush. Cool. Your uh, feelings. Yeah. Not the best. But again, again, this story then delivers like an awesome scene. This is, this is the whole movie again, yet another one where it's like, Ugh, and then the door to door scene is great. I think it's great with her whole family there. I will say too the the actress who plays Natalie, like it's a pretty good job of like granted David is the prime minister and she works at 10 Downing Street. But I, I feel like the power balance does not actually feel that crazy off. Like, the, just the way she views him and the way she talks to him feels like they're at least somewhat on an even ground. Yes. Yeah, I agree that with done that. Well. I agree with that. I think it's just like, there's also literally a line where he's like, who do I have to screw around here to get a cup of tea? And then she walks in she with a bunch of tea. She with the cart. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, it's... Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Always tell and not show. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I did like the way I, I thought this was a. I, I, I appreciated at least that the story ended in a way that I thought was, uh, was good or effective. He goes door to door. He reads the letter. He goes to find her, and then he goes to the school, and then it's kind yeah. of revealed at the end. I like. I thought that was a better ending than most of these stories have. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. the door to door is great. Great scene. Mm-hmm. And we find that Mia is the next door neighbor. Like it kind of ties in yeah, a little another right. connection. Yeah, uh, I think that too. That there's like th- there's probably a little bit of like fun escapism to this. Like mm-hmm. my date with the president's daughter or something like that. That she's like a normal person, and here she is now like rolling around with the prime minister. I thought like that could have been more fun to see more of that again. Obviously there's just not enough Mm -hmm. time for all that, but I think like her, like I'm sure that there's some people watching the movie who are like, Oh, how fun for her. You know, she's like maybe got this not so glamorous life of living at home with her huge family who makes fun of her. Uh, And now here, now here she is, uh, you know, the, the, the object of desire for the prime minister himself. Yeah. I, I think there's uh it would have been more fun to see a little bit more of celebrating their them finding each other, but and uh, Hugh Grant only almost twenty years older than her at the time. So. <laughs> oh, really? oh wow! Uh, um, I, I know I know that Richard Curtis, the filmmaker, has come out and said that he does like regret the way that like there, there's like fat shaming for this character. Um, so um, good on him. Yeah for that (laughs) (laughs) all right moving on here um Uh, let's take a quick break and then uh and then we'll finish up the the rest of these storylines is that cool let's do it let's do it and then i got some discussion questions for us cool all right we're back only a couple couple ones left here and and we'll wrap up this episode (laughs) uh let's talk this episode is going to be as long as that movie i know we have to the episodes have to be shorter than the movies that's our only (laughs) our only parameter here that's our only rule Let's Here's do a quick like, drive-by on Colin, the American Girls. Not a ton to say here. This is just late 90s, early Ridiculous. aughts, bro <laughs> yeah. brought to life. Uh, yeah. This is a story of pure erotic love and nothing else. Uh, <laughs> this guy's just trying to trying to screw 
and will fly across. He will fly to Milwaukee to do it and go to the first bar closest to the airport where girls like that hang out. We all know this. Yeah, I. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's the joke, right? That that's right. obviously the. Play, I mean, the flip is the flip is that what he's talking about is so ridiculous, and then it comes true, right? That's the, yeah. That's the that's the that's joke. Dream. Also, terrible friend, his friend Tony, who all he does is being like, "No, you're ugly. You're not charming. You should not do this. You should not do anything. You're bad." You're, <laughs> like, like, dude, Tony, let's chill out, man. Like, he's t- Tony. You're not wrong. But you're not wrong, but let Colin let Colin make his mistakes. And Colin's Colin is the breathing, just mediocre white the confident God grant me the confidence of a mediocre white man. You might have heard that statement. <laughs> this guy, Colin, is calling his own shot and he is he believes in himself more than anyone I've ever seen. Yeah. No, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. They're gonna love it. This movie like you know, I I I've said that I you know have a, just a problem with you know the, this movie's portrayal that the the male gaze the 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 uh, treating women as sex objects the the misogyny of it all like I mean this joke storyline mm-hmm. quote unquote really puts its thumb on the scale for this whole movie <laughs> the tone yeah. leaning towards that if if you cut this whole thing out this movie would be a little bit more digestible it'd for be me shorter personally it would be shorter and better um but also you get to the root and you're like whatever scene they cut you know with 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 the woman and her partner and it's like should we leave colin or should we leave that one in ah let's let's leave colin in for sure yeah. right like, right it's supposed to be comic like additional comic relief or something for this movie you know there is there is one moment that i yeah, thought rowan atkinson wasn't enough <laughs> there is one moment that I thought was was funny, particularly funny in this storyline, which is when he's just saying words and they find it really delightful. Like I thought that was a very funny uh, table, very funny uh, snack. Same, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that was the same. Like I think, I think like that. I don't know. I thought that was a pretty funny little moment, and like there was definitely a way you could you could have changed that storyline to feel right. yeah. to still fit and be more effective. But yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, and. And and he's yet another terrible man who is rewarded, just like Rick right. Grimes, just like I mean, Alan Rickman kind of gets off in the end. We'll talk about him, but I think this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it feels like this again. It, uh, why keep this story? If I think I think the 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 Martin Freeman the the nude scene stand-ins, it's like that's great comic relief. Like if you're gonna have that story, yeah. you really don't need this one at all, right. except that they're able to then put in the movie in the trailer they have Ivana Milicevic, January Jones, Alicia Cuthbert, Denise Richards, Shannon Elizabeth. Like at the time, these are like the top of this these are like the most beautiful, incredible actresses and models you could you could mm-hmm. get in this movie. And it was sort of like, hey, let's let's put that in and this movie's gonna make a ton of money. You know, like I guess that's your argument, which yeah. is depressing. There is a there is also like a slightly funny joke to Americans will think that anyone with a British accent is interesting, even if they were exactly. like yes. the worst man on earth. Right. Yes. That's like, that's an interesting that is, yeah. joke. Correct. That, that, that plays into the whole thing with the repeating the words kind of thing. Like, right. I think there, there is something funny about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But again, like you could have gotten that, you could have wrung that joke out of so many other things in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like Jamie's character or whatever, like you could have, could have done that somewhere else. But anyway, let's leave that scene there. There's not much more to say. Um, let's get to the big one here. Let's go to Harry, Karen, and Mia. This is Alan Rickman, his wife, Karen, and his secretary, 
Mia, they are almost... These three characters are kind of at the center of this character web where you look at how everyone is interrelated in this movie. Just because Harry is the director of this agency where... Uh, Some people you know, work. and Right. That's We see Colin is working at their party. That's where Carl and Sarah work. It's where, obviously, Mia works. Karen is his uh, brother-in-law or sister-in-law, I guess. That's... Or sorry, Harry and Karen are... Sorry, excuse me. Harry and Karen are married, but David is Karen's sister. The prime minister is Karen's sister. That's how that's related to... His brother. Brother, sorry. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hugh Grant (laughs) is the brother of Karen, (laughs) married to Harry. So anyway, they're the center of the web is all I'm trying to say here. So this story probably is the most consequential out of all these nine, Mm -hmm. I would say. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's got the most at stake. It feels like the most fleshed out story it feels like the most thought and performance was put into this one and i think rightfully so um i mean they have their it's just i think it's the it's the most high wire act out of out of all these nine stories Mm -hmm. and it's probably the best executed in terms of like the themes that it deals with um and and how it how this this story in contrast edwin does a very good job of showing without telling outside of me being outside of mia being like I'm all of me is for you. Yeah. Outside yeah. of that, <laughs> uh, the nuance of this story is done very well. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, again, Emma Thompson went on to win some awards for this performance. I saw some TikToks specifically calling out this scene. Like, <laughs> like I think one of the TikToks I saw was just this guy be like, his mom is like, oh, let's watch Love Actually. And he's like, okay, but don't be weird during that one scene. <laughs> and, and it's like that specifically, like she's like, you know, freaking like, you know, breaking down during this scene. Um, Emma Thompson's performance is what a lot of people cling to when they say they love this movie. And I think they should. I mean, it's, a, I think it's one of the, I mean, it's one of the only stories that's kind of from a female perspective, right? You get Laura Linney and this basically, I mean, Emma Thompson's just also, incredible like she really does a really amazing job um oh, it's stunning like her her acting work here is, I is think unbelievably they, good i think i read that they did that that scene nine times they had nine takes nine of her times. crying and making the bed um and so a know, lot of so, a lot of hard work on her part yeah yeah so wait can i ask you guys this so i feel um <clears throat> Maybe I feel a little stupid here because I feel like I, I mean, I, I watched this movie, obviously, but I feel like maybe I missed some of the beats in the storyline. Okay. Um, so obviously she gets the CD and she's so disappointed because she thought it was going to be the necklace. So she goes into the room, and makes the bed and she's yes. like, all right, like, oh, the kids are dressed. Let's go to the like yeah. the idea is that she's like putting on a brave face for her family kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe. Yeah. I, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then so then at the at the musical she's so happy to see her brother but then she said she tells him that she knows right correct and she lays it out in a way like should i leave you or should i take you back kind of thing right Right. and and then what happens between that and the airport she's she's decided to forgive him i guess we don't you didn't miss anything okay you didn't miss it okay yeah yeah, yeah, next time we see them they're just kind of like how are you fine fine yeah. whatever whatever their exchanges because he's coming back from somewhere at the airport like that was the other thing like where did he go he yeah. went on a honeymoon with know. mia <laughs> <laughs> this was another thing okay mia so went to barbados with, for a month. Yeah. Yeah. 
there there's another thing with this movie where it's kind of like the women in this movie like or it feels like there are women in this movie that like they love this person because they love him like mia is really into alan rickman because you know yeah like the, right. Like there doesn't seem to. I'm trying to think of other good. Ex- I mean, the, the women at the bar with Colin. Like they're just into them because they're into them. It seems like that happens a lot and for no reason. You know? Um, yeah. Because. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. They they don't have like much internal. Uh, you know, like you, you don't see a real internal like like personality or or anything like that. It's it, it, they just kind of like <laughs> they also. They also literally cut to Mia in her underwear putting on the necklace. Right. <laughs> like, that's another thing that's just kind of interspersed here. Like, we know that she's getting the necklace. Yep. And you could show yeah, her in another her scene let's wearing the one necklace. one more scene of a but woman yeah, in like, her underwear. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, real. It, it kind of, it felt, it felt that way. Yeah. Right. Um, I, you know, I, we sort of alluded to this, this, this scene up top. But I think at the, when I talk about the reasons why... <laughs> And I'm aware we spent an hour and a half pretty much skewering this movie, rightfully so. But like the reasons why I'm like, I still enjoy watching this movie as insane as it all is, is for these moments that happened. And like, like Emma Thompson's performance in that scene is I, I cried again. Like I've cried every time I've seen that scene. I did it again last night when I watched it. I didn't think I would. I thought it's like, how many times will it get me? And it got me again. And it's because how how subtly she plays that what it means to her and the way she like she does this a few times where she goes from total tears to like christmas morning cheer and mm-hmm. the yeah. way she dries her eyes and goes back to her family and it's like the 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 burden of that is placed upon her unfairly by by harry i mean it's all his fault and yet she is the one who is now having to swallow these feelings and make sure she doesn't ruin Christmas for her kids. I mean, it's heartbreaking. And this is why as bad of a job as this movie does with so many things, it doesn't leave heartbreak out of love. Like that is a huge Mm -hmm. part of, if you're going to make a movie about love, there better be some gut wrenching heartbreak. And I mean, this scene delivers on that so well. And the way it happens with this necklace and like the way Harry kind of gets, like I, I referred to Mia as a black widow when I was watching this, where she is just spinning this web and Harry is this kind of dumb fly that is like, Oh wow. Look at that. Like that looks cool. Even though he knows he's, we're sort of presented as like, they have a stable, loving marriage, their kids, things are great. Like, mm-hmm. I think he just literally this thing flashes and he, and in this moment of weakness, he's like, Oh my gosh. And he just sort of walks into her web and she is trying her hardest to like again talk about telling and not showing i i await you coming back harry i can't wait Mm -hmm. to see you again Mm -hmm. it's just like whoa okay yeah she's like she says like (laughs) she's like an art gallery lots of dark corners for dark deeds oh god and then (laughs) and like spreads her legs not subtly it's just like woof um but (laughs) harry is completely at fault like he yeah. He shouldn't have done any of that. I'm just saying, as aggressively as Mia was like preying on him, um, I all that is to say is I think I think when we see a month later, it's like I think Harry eventually is like, oh my god, I had the most small-minded guy response to this thing. Mm. I have, I'm and probably a, 
apologize. And I think the way Karen's character develops, she was probably able to be like, you're a dumb fuck. You know you were a dumb fuck. Don't ever do that again. Yeah. And that, like, mm. yeah, that's kind of where I leave it. I don't think anything actually, I don't know if anything actually happens between Harry and Mia. He gives her the necklace, right. which we don't yeah. see that happen. But yeah, right. I, 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 yeah. yes, you're right. It's never really alluded that's to whether point. or not anything actually happened. They actually did anything. <laughs> right. Um, and and but the way it's like, she's always wanted him to like buy a necklace. Ne- necklace and like she makes the comment of like well i'm used to another scarf whatever that's just who you are and she loves mm, him right. loves that he buys her scarves you know even though it's a bad gift but he's like maybe this once so it's like there's hope wrapped up around the heartbreak and it makes it hit so much harder uh yeah and we, we gotta mention said, oh sorry go ahead i loved when she said that's a surprise when she opens the cd like i thought that oh. was like such a well-delivered oh. line and then you know, the other thing is I really was watching this and, and like there are a lot of moments watching this movie where I kind of thought it could go one or two ways and I wanted it to go one way and it went the other. And I was like, I, I remember thinking like it could have progressed in a way, like an interesting way for that story to go would have been that she th- is convinced that he's cheating on her and it turns out that it is actually he got her the necklace, you know, like sure. she's, like that could have been a version of the story maybe where she sees him at the jewelry counter and she knows that something's going on and she yeah. thinks, I, I don't know, she's more on Tamiya than like, it's mm-hmm. just, I, I thought it might go that way, but it obviously went the way that it did. And then we get a scene of Mia rocking out to Joni Mitchell in her apartment. Yeah, that would be, yeah. yeah. She opens the present the way, and she goes, that's a surprise. Yeah. By the way, Harry, terrible gift. Buying a, confessed lifelong diehard Joni Mitchell fan. Oh, I'll buy her a copy of Both Sides Now, which she probably doesn't have. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? That's like, probably the second most famous Joni Mitchell album after Blue. Like, what are, you, what are we doing here, Harry? Do you anyway. want to talk about Rowan Atkinson real quick? I was just going to say, yeah, we, yes. I, we have to talk about the jewelry scene. Just like, well, I mean, just Rowan Atkinson showing up. He's... <laughs> he, he's I mean, Rowan Atkinson is just like such a big, big name in in, in oh. British media, like, and Will Ferrell would have this role if this right. was an American movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and I guess Richard Curtis and him are good friends, so of course he's going to show up in this. Uh, it is interesting too that maybe Rowan Atkinson is like an angel or something because he shows up later at the airport yeah. <laughs> and like just happens to know that. Like he's supposed to distract the guard so that the little kid can run through the gate. He kind of gives a little wink, like to the, like did he not have a plane to catch? I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like the it's kind of like the delay of wrapping the present is almost mm-hmm. like delaying him from making this bad decision, kind of thing. Yeah, it's you true. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah, he was flying to Zanzibar and, to get more to collect more cinnamon for his cinnamon sticks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I never heard him talk. Really? Oh. Yeah. I don't know, uh, man. What I, else is he in where he talks? Oh, he's 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 the voice of Zazu in Lion King. Oh. Okay, fair. All right, fair enough. <laughs> I just never seen him heard where he was on screen and you? I like I didn't I didn't yeah, big Zazu head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh no, I had uh I just you know, I've only ever seen him as Mr. Bean. Yeah. yeah. Never saw yeah, yeah. John English, huh? It's, it's, it's like oh, yeah. James Bond spoof. Yeah. <laughs> did I anyway. see Johnny English? It's yeah, terrible. Yeah. Never, no one should ever see that movie, but I did because I love. <laughs> you I love don't Rona. say. <laughs> <laughs> um, last thing I want to say on this scene too is, uh, I 
I put that scene I put the scene up there with the best use like of a, best use of a song in like a soundtrack. Like the song both sides now like you look at the lyrics, mm. the way it hits in that scene. That's top tier. Like I can't think of many better examples of a song matching a scene in a movie better than that one. Yeah. I thought yeah. you were going to say best use of a cinnamon stick. Oh yeah, that too. Really has really <laughs> has that holiday lavender. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, holiday sprig. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we hit. <sighs> we have one more. We didn't talk about Liam Neeson. That's the last one. And the well, little let's boy. This. That's the last one. Yes. With with the children, uh, and this also is a very consequential one because it this kids Christmas pageant kind of ties a lot of these stories together as well. Yeah, it brings everything together. That yeah yeah yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, li- I like that all the kids have weird animals that they're being the lobster yes. yeah. the octopus mm-hmm. like none of it works for a nativity play but there were two lobsters <laughs> at the birth of jesus christ that's right yeah uh <laughs> this this is sort of a, a love i i do enjoy this i not enjoy that's the wrong word but i appreciate that like they also included <laughs> grief like grief grief is a form of love which is like you, someone that you loved is gone and and there's the emptiness there um and I think him and his and his son Sam, it's a really, really sweet, really, really sweet story. And that that uh, parent to child love is expressed in this story, um, which is very important. I, you know, it's funny. Like with a lot of these stories, like I, I was more on board, like at different times of it. With this story and maybe the Hugh Grant story, I was not as much of a fan at the beginning, and then at the end, it it gets. I thought it got a lot better. I'm glad that they got sort of a happy ending with the airport story and stuff. Um, I thought that was kind of nice. And then I did think it was really funny. Like, I don't know, they woven humor in a good way with the story. Like I really liked when she says, all I want for Christmas is you and you and you. Um, (laughs) And I think, um, yeah, I thought overall, like at the end, like that was kind of this, it brought a lot of um, extra heart to this movie that it needed. Mm -hmm. Um, And it maybe felt the more Christmassy Christmas magic sort of, it helped scratch that or it helped fill that like it provided that for this movie where some of the other storylines don't always achieve it. But, uh, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, this is, do think, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, you should go first. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say like another uh, going on the timeline, you're singing like, okay, this kid's becomes this drummer in two weeks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sure. Ringo Daniel, rules. His, the dad just gets a drum set two weeks before Christmas, not as a Christmas gift for this kid to make this move. Cool. I guess that works. It also seems thank, like the kid thank God acquires, they didn't have a drummer. But it also seems like he acquires a single drum and then is able to play a full kit by the time the pageant rolls around. Right. Like the drumming is just boom, 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 boom in the room. Yeah. Well, this kid's kind of magical. I mean, in Game of Thrones, he was he had some magic powers. So glad that's he, right. uh, that's you know, who is... he is. Oh my god. I, yeah. Why is he so yeah. familiar? He's the, yeah. the Jojen Reed. This kid yeah. this kid took took Bran Stark to the promised land. Dude. I think maybe this is one of the better storylines of the of the movie. My son has been taken. I liked the funeral scene. I thought that it's like it was a really clever way of like it being a joke, but it's still but then like Liam Neeson, like you actually see like he does a good performance there. You know, maybe she was somebody who was like very crass and humorous. And so she wrote this into her will. But then like the actual fallout of it. yeah. Yeah. Like this is like actually what they have to do now and it's like kind of painful 
Um, I thought that was interesting. I will say, like, it's a little cold. The 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 um, particularly with um, Emma Thompson being Daniel's friend, who like <laughs> at least yeah. twice is like, you know, not to take away from it, you know that I like. Not to say that I don't care that your wife's dead, but blah, 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 blah. You know, like, I or something like... I'm going to go get pissed like, and watch porn. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, oh, you never get laid if you keep talking about... It. Like, she really <laughs> that's has... You, a, that's your Emma Thompson? Yeah. Oh, Sean has the best Emma Thompson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I thought... It, well, to be honest, it really made me laugh, and not, like, in the way that the movie was intending. When... Okay, so Liam Neeson is talking to Emma Thompson about how he's like he says uh you know he's kind of lamenting the loss of his wife he says you know uh you know it's such a waste of of life and now it's going to ruin his life too and then he like is supposed to cry like i really i thought i thought his crying was kind of over the top like his really fast yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then and then like the way that is treated it makes it seem as if liam neeson has never met this child before like it was it was like it was supposed to be his step kid but like the it's way that stepson, it yeah. just plays i know but it, it makes it makes it seem like they've never met it was just kind of yeah. it made me it made me laugh a little bit um and then one the other thing i wanted to mention is at the end like they make this joke in the in the funeral about claudia schiffer and then claudia schiffer is the the kid's right. mom at, at the end tongue of the play. Cheek. Hey. Um, yeah <laughs> well this. well number one that is another instance of an extra just kind of being there which is like she had to have a kid to justify maybe her being at the pageant but she the kid is right in between them when they're mm-hmm. having this sort of meet cute moment and it's really yeah. distracting and then the kid <laughs> is also there at the airport with it at the end of the movie but it also <laughs> just kind of seemed like another moment where um i don't know yeah yeah it seemed it felt like um it felt like lust instead of love because even at the funeral, he's joking about Claudia Schiffer, and then he meets her, and then the kid is like, "Tell her, tell her, tell her," you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. In this movie, a lot of there is a lot of lust. Sure, but I mean, lust is a. Yeah. There's a lot of relationships that are beginning or just like about to yeah, start. Yeah, look, right. a lot of relationships do start like there has to be the spark, and the spark is often you look at someone and you're like, "I'm very attracted to that person." Like that's just sort of how it happens, mm-hmm. right? Um, you're like, I want to talk to that person because I think they're attractive. Um, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong about that. Uh, when no. it does turn into lust and, you know, close ups with a camcorder at the wedding. Yeah, that's that's no good. But I, I just it's a, I will say like this movie, this movie goes around saying like, you know, every kind of love, you know, is displayed in this movie. So, like, I think that's the thing that it's like it's actually kind of like it's actually a lot of like lust and like love at first sight type stuff. Yeah. Uh, more than anything maybe i'm overusing the word lust or maybe that's not the appropriate way to describe it every single time that it happens but for the first time watching this movie there were times when it felt less romantic than i expected it to be or yep. like it was a very like truncated version of what yes. was supposed to be a romantic romance yes. I, that, that's I agree what i'm trying to, yeah. that's what i'm trying to say totally yes. agree yeah. With you. yeah that that's true yeah. i i think too like i mean it, it is just like bizarre <laughs> like this i mean this, look like i'm not going to read too much into it this is one of the more fun lighthearted storylines but like liam neeson is so invested in like his son's crush and it's like <laughs> you know it, it, the little boy's he's, like he's I'm in, in love grief. with her. He needs he needs something to like. He, he he wants to be a part of love again and like help his kid out. I think I, I think it's sweet. I guess I mean, so, but like yeah, it is just like you know the kid's like. Well, what if I, 
you know, become someone completely new and learn how to play the drums. Maybe then she'll like me. He's like, yes, do it. Like, <laughs> like, Ringo Starr married a Bond girl. Also, yeah, this like, kid, this kid has the emotional maturity of like a guy in his 70s. He's like, you know, he, the absolute agony of being in love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, he has, the kid, the kid has the a lot jokes. of lines yeah. that sound like he's, a, he's we're, this kid is a very talented screenwriter is what it seems like. <laughs> yeah. <What>? Yeah, <laughs> he talks agony, just like one. Being in love. I don't remember the line, but there's one like that at the airport too, yeah. where uh, where it's just like, wow, this is a, a this is a very eloquent yeah. child. Speaking <laughs> of the airport, by the way, two years after 9-11, that kid is getting gunned down. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I know there just shouldn't even be a mention of nine eleven if you're going to have a scene like that. That kid's <laughs> getting nineteen bullets in the back as he sprints through the. Uh, security yeah yeah i i think there's also two like liam is like watching him like meet her at the airport and he's like oh, i wish he would have kissed her <laughs> it's just yeah. like dude you gotta chill out <laughs> like, <laughs> they flying. are children <laughs> <laughs> okay guys uh that's we hit all nine stories we Oof. did it Boy, wow. oh boy. I had some discussion questions. I'm just going to do two real quick because I think they're fun and we'll close this thing out. How's that sound? Sounds pretty sure. good. Before I do, is there any just quick last notes, observations, anything you wrote down? I remember watching the movie. I remember I, I, I was thinking that this must have seemed kind of innovative or unique or revolutionary at the time, this sort of interconnected storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um I liked it sometimes. There were other times where I thought it didn't work very well. It did seem kind of random at times that they were, the, yeah. the, the different connections that they had. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you could cut 35 minutes from this movie and it would be a lot better. Yeah. And probably yeah. out of these nine, I think you could probably just focus on maybe four of the good ones and it could be a lot better. But anyway. Um, I know that this is a movie that people really love. And uh, I also don't want to like, I, I don't know. I, I hate, you know, you don't want to come down super hard on yes. something I'm, that people I'm carrying really the like. torch while covered in kerosene from this movie. It's so, so I, <laughs> what it I can't deny that it was a, like an entertaining watch. You know? <laughs> I can't deny yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, it was a roller coaster ride. It sure is. Yeah. Let's finish. Let's, let's ask some questions to close out here. Uh, number one. Um, we see the Bay City Rollers is played at the funeral to, to, uh, it's initially I'm like, that's, that's weird. It would be weird sitting in the audience. And then it gets really sad. Cause it's like, oh man, she, it was her wish. Right. Um, if you guys mm-hmm. call in the shots for your own funeral, what song is going to play over a slideshow of yourself? <laughs> Good question. Do you have one loaded up while we think we can think and I can edit this out, but if you want to think about an answer and then we can do it, but, uh. I, okay, I no, actually I, I'm thinking about it now. Um, okay, specifically a song that might like kind of make people laugh or shock people or just uh, Any, anything. Or anything. Just like yeah. no, like what? If you want to shock, I I can go first if you'd like. Okay, as a message, I want to be a <laughs> I want to be a force of inspiration for people at my funeral, and so I'm going to play my favorite Beatles song, which is "Don't Let Me Down." <laughs> Don't let me down. Okay. <laughs> just continue with your lives i'm watching and i expect great things out of all of you. don't let me down two that come to mind okay keep me in your heart for a while by warren zevon i don't know if i know it Mm-mm. i don't know ah uh, that's a really sad song but uh i think it would it's, it's a good it would be a good funeral song um and then that's the way of the world by earth wind of fire <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, like I guess yeah. There's two. Like uh, there's the there's the A side and B side. I uh, those are good. Those yeah, there's a lot of sad songs for sure. I could think of uh, maybe my B side one is um, they might be Giants has a song. Uh, that would be my more like ironic song. Um, mm. I'll have to think about this more. Last question here to close this out, y'all. Uh, back to this movie. There's nine stories in this movie. If you were going to pick one to expand to a whole feature-length film movie, just on its own, just one of the stories, which of these ones would you pick? And not to necessarily uh, to make Hugh- like the best movie, but the movie you'd, you'd want to see the most. Uh, I think the Hugh Grant Prime Minister storyline mm. would be... So what would be like that? There is a movie like that with Annette Benning yeah, and it's, it's like um, called like American. It's not called American President. American, oh, President, American President. Something like that. That is it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There is a movie like this, but like I think you could make a full storyline where like they spend a lot more time together and they actually fall for each other. And um, Billy Bob's got a bigger role, they, like more of a. I think. Yeah. You could find a better reason for her to not be in his service anymore. Like maybe something. Ha- I don't know. Um, like the, rather than the, the U S president coming in. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but that would be the one where I think you can make another romantic comedy out. Of. Yeah. Nice. I'll, I'll give you two. Cause I was so harsh on this movie. <laughs> I'll say, um, uh, first that I, I think you could have made Jamie and Aurelia's, um, story better with some more time. Uh, like, like we said, there's kind of like some, some telling and not showing, I think with a little more space, maybe we could have seen Aurelia falling in love with Jamie. And then on top of all that, if you, if this was a real movie, you get more of the French countryside, you get more of Aurelia's quirky family. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, there could have been uh, like, those things would make it a good movie. Um, also and then uh second i'll say um billy and uh and his manager joe i think would have been a pretty decent (laughs) like you know i think maybe it could have been a bit of a dramedy where you know it's it's more about this um washed up rock star and uh and uh, you see, so, like you know, maybe his, more of his loneliness and and Joe's loneliness, and that they find each other. I mean, also just that, like those parts with you know Billy Mac are like pretty entertaining, and I think they could have had a lot more fun with all that. Um, him going on TV shows and stuff like that. I think that would have been a good movie. Alex, what do you think? I th- I think those are both really good answers. I I might go with the. I'd have to change a lot, but again, I think I think the Sarah and Carl story has the most like richest grounds to really make a interesting movie where you could really like develop the relationship with a brother who's in a facility with what's going on with him, and I think you'd have to make Carl maybe a, a more a deeper character than just a, a great set of arms and a great abs, <laughs> but needs to be a little more than that, obviously. But I think there's yeah. there's something there where like. Uh, the, I just find the character of Sarah kind of interesting just because like she really puts others first. She she can't set boundaries. She also like can't work up the courage to even ask this guy out. Uh, I'm also wondering why. Why is it on her? Why isn't Carl made the move? Anyway, um, I, I think I'd be most interested by that. Movie. Yeah, especially in a Christmas setting with like what goes on in that story. Just 
I'd probably be like a David O. Russell would be would be the director of that movie. You know what I mean? Like, kind of feel like Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what you could make? You could make a really stupid comedy movie about Colin going to the United States and <laughs> going to Milwaukee in December. Like, I'm imagining like he starts out going to Los Angeles, and then like he gets all of his money stolen or something. Yeah. And then he has to like trek his way across the country to Milwaukee where he has a family member or something, you know, and like he ends up meeting all these people along the way. And yeah. um, I could, I could see something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. He, he finds a, yeah. someone who's traveling like a planes, trains and automobiles type thing with like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that'd be fun. Um, all right, guys. Well, I'll, I'll leave it there. Cause we've just hit two hours. My goodness. Uh, <laughs> that's all the questions. Uh, thank you for joining us, everyone on our inaugural Series premiere wow. of uh, Captive Audience. Um, <laughs> we do have a... Uh, we don't know what where the show is going and other things that we're doing with this show. As episodes come out, please follow us. Uh, there will be social channels. There will be other ways to interact with us. There will be Patreon options. Um, this is not the first episode we've recorded of this show, but it's the first one we're releasing. Uh, so keep an ear and an eye out for ways to access that other stuff. We're, uh, I think we're really excited to be starting this new journey and, uh, thank you for listening. If you've gotten to this point, um, I think too, one other thing is we're, we're building this format as we go. Um, this is a new adventure for us where I think we're really excited, but, uh, I would love to hear what people think mm-hmm. and, and other movies that we should watch or, um, other ways we can take the show. Uh, I, I love, uh, the concept and what we can do with it. And, uh, mm-hmm. just really excited to, uh, be starting this new, this new thing with you guys. Yeah. You know what? It's Christmas time right now the time to tell people how you feel and uh i actually love you guys so there you go oh i love you guys too i love you too buddy and uh i can't wait for edwin for you to be back home actually (laughs) yeah this is gonna be great i'm gonna greet you at the airport with a big old kiss (laughs) (laughs) and everyone will be there for some reason (laughs) everyone we know will also be at the airport we're gonna fly to heathrow airport and meet (laughs) you i'm gonna i'm gonna and i'll say hey this is harriet yeah. Like, oh, hey, it's that kid from Game of Thrones. There he is. <laughs> and Mr. Bean. Anyway, all right. Thank you all. Uh, do we want to tease? Do we know our next episode? Do we want to tease our next movie so people can watch it? Our dear friend and co-host Sean has never seen the original original Terminator. Mm-hmm. So that's right. For the next episode of Captive Audience, we will be talking about James Cameron's The Terminator. Oh, man. Oh, I'm so pumped to watch this again, too. I, I saw I'm T2 genuinely recently, excited. And I was like, I, I need to go back further. I need to mm-hmm. I need to hack Skynet and go, go back to the I'm beginning. Way back. Yeah. yeah. I've heard so much about Terminator. I've heard so much about Terminator 2 also. So, like, I am excited to watch Terminator and then and then. Uh, and then Terminator 2 after that. But uh, yeah, I mean, Feel it's, free it's to make a day been of it quoted my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. Going for it. And uh, I mean, I'd, I'd say the less you know about it going in, the better. That's the best right. way to watch a movie like this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or the best thing we can do for this show is uh, going cold, get a, a clean reaction. Very excited to hear, uh, hear what you have to say and uh, very excited to get up back on the mic with you guys. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Alex. Hey, <laughs> you bet, buddy. Uh, also, oh, really quick, too. Uh, Terminator is available. It's streaming on Max right now uh, for people that do want to watch it. So that is where you can find Terminator. And uh, and we'll see you. We'll see you in the future or in the past. Who knows?
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.